Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I'm so, I have no idea what day it is. It's Wednesday, right? Is it Wednesday? Uh, it's Bible school this week. It's Bible school week. So I'm at church every night. I have no idea what day it is. I keep thinking today is Thursday because, because I went to church last night, but I've been to church every night this week. <laughs> so I don't know. Is it Wednesday? It's whatever. Uh, it is 10 o'clock. I know that. It's time for 10 with 10, and we are in Isaiah chapter 8. So whatever day you're having, uh, we're in Isaiah chapter 8 today, so let's read together. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I, I, you're, you're just patient with me because I know some days I can just I can really be such a doofus. Um, but anyway, I love you all, and I love chapter 8 of Isaiah. Uh, it's never, it's not one I've ever preached. Uh, when I'm going through Tim with Tim, obviously I pull out, you know, previous study that I've done and I've never preached Isaiah chapter eight. Now I've got sermons from, you know, previous chapters. I got, you know, sermons from chapter nine, you know, which we'll do tomorrow, but, but Isaiah chapter eight, I've never preached, but, but I find some parts of this chapter just really, really amazing. So let, let's talk about them. So it starts out. Again, we're in this, it's, it's, it's mostly narrative now. We're not really in the pro pro prophetic oracles, although we have a whole section of poetry in this passage today. But chapter 8 begins with Isaiah making a big old sign. Uh, you know those pictures of like a prophet, you know, standing around the corner that says, you know, the, the end is near, whatever. Okay, Isaiah does that. Like he literally does that. He's, he's like a cartoon character at this point. And he's doing it out of obedience to the Lord. The Lord said, do this, make a sign a signboard and clearly write this name on it. And the name is this unpronounceable, you know, name, Marshallow Hashbaz, I guess. Uh, that's the name. It literally means like swift to plunder and quick to carry away, something like that. Swift to plunder, quick to carry away. It's warfare language. It's the idea of just being ravaged and stripped bare, you know, swift to plunder, quick to carry away. Marshallah Hashbaz. I don't know how to say it. Um, anyway, uh, he asked Uriah the priest and Zachariah, son of uh, Jeberekiah, to uh, witness his doing this. The Lord said, do it. So it's a very important moment. You know, you know, whatever is done is to be, you know, proclaimed in the, you know, in the sight of two witnesses. So this is a very important uh, act that Isaiah does. And if that's not enough, after that, you know, he gets his wife pregnant and they name this poor kid Marshallah Hashbaz. <laughs> you know, Isaiah now has a habit of, of giving his kids, you know, prophetically significant names. Remember Shair Jashu, which means a remnant shall return. We don't know if Emmanuel was actually Isaiah, Isaiah's son. It's possible. Talked about that yesterday, but I don't think I mentioned that possibility that it's his, his wife who's the young woman who would have the child. I don't know. But now we got three kids with very ominous, you know, or important names. And this one is Marshallah Hashbaz. The whole point is, you know, every time the teacher calls a roll at school, you know, there's a little sermon preached here. Uh, Marshallah Hashbaz. Uh, Marta, uh, my High school homeroom teacher watches Tim with Tim every day. Martha, I love you, <laughs> but I would pay money, you know, like to hear you call this name every day in homeroom back when I was in, you know, <laughs> back in high school. Uh, Marshallah Hashbaz is is his name. Um, the point is similar to the point from chapter seven. Okay, uh, the name Emmanuel was meant to be a sign. God is with us, and the point is, by the time this kid is is old enough, and, and that point's probably three years. By the time this kid is old enough, like three years old, 
the threat's already going to be gone. It's a sign that God is caring for Ahaz and the people of, of Jerusalem. But uh, anyway, here in chapter 8, it's the same thing again. Uh, but this time, the, the, the time frame is shorter. Uh, this kid, Marshallah Hasbaz, by the time he's old enough to say, you know, mama, and I was, what, I don't know, what's, when does the kid say mama? Nine months? I mean, by the time this kid says mama or papa, you know, already, you know, the, uh, the, the, the danger of Syria and, and, and uh, you know, Samaria is, is, is going to be gone. Uh, so there's, there's just once more this assurance, you don't need to be afraid of this threat. It's an imaginary threat. It's a short-term threat. It looks like Israel and, uh, or, or Judah and Syria are going to attack Israel. But, but no, by the time this kid says, mama, you know, that threat's going to be gone, you know, uh, swift to plunder, quick to carry away. It's all going to be gone, you know? Now, again, the, the point here is kind of what's unsaid between the lines here, but from what I'm gathering, Ahaz is, is so afraid of this threat, this idea that that uh, Israel and uh, uh, that, that, am I getting it right? I'm going, I'm getting Israel and Judah confused in my mind right now. That Israel and Syria are going to attack, you know, Judah, Jerusalem. And so, you know, for that reason, um, uh, King Ahaz is considering, you know, an alliance or calling on, you know, Assyria for help. And it sounds like by the time we get to verse 5, that's exactly what he's done. You know, it's, 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 it's exactly what he's done. He, he's decided to call upon Assyria. So for that reason, you know, Isaiah again begins this prophecy. This is what the Lord says. Man, I wanted to care for Judah like a gently flowing stream. You know, it's this idea of God's loving care flowing gently and, and, and steadily as a stream. But instead, you've called upon the river of Assyria for help, and it's a, he's going to drown you. The king of Assyria is going to drown you. You know what I'm saying? So again, Israel and Syria might attack Judah. Ahaz has now called upon Assyria to be his savior when he should be trusting in the Lord. And, and so this is the point. And now this big word of judgment, you're going to be chin deep. Judah's going to be chin deep, you know, overwhelmed, you know, from uh, the power of Assyria. Huddle together, you nations, and be terrified. Prepare, prepare for battle, but you will be crushed. Prepare for battle, you know, you will be crushed. Call your councils of war, but they're going to be worthless. Develop your strategies. They won't succeed for Emmanuel. He just uses that word. New Living Translation, I'm in verse 10, just says God is with us. But, but Isaiah uses that word Emmanuel, Emmanuel. It's almost like this haunting reminder of what could have been. God was with us, but now God's going to be fighting against us because you have turned away from him. You've decided to oppose God, and so now you're going to have God as an enemy. Uh, verses 11 through 15, I, I think are beautiful um, because now Isaiah finds himself in the middle of a nation, in the middle of a, a, you know, a, a political context, and, and you know, underneath the rule of leaders who are making themselves opposed to God in God's ways, the clearly revealed ways of God. And so notice here what the Lord says to Isaiah. This is a turn now toward a real personal kind of confessional word from the prophet. The Lord has given me a strong warning, okay? There was a strong warning to Judah, and that was, you know, you're toast. You know, you wanted, you, you could have sat by the, the, the sweet stream of my care, but instead you've turned away from me and you're going to trust in the river of Assyria and it's going to drown you, 
you know. So that's the stern warning to Judah. But now the stern warning here to Isaiah, the prophet is simply, you can't think like everybody else. You can't get caught up in this. Don't call everything a conspiracy like everybody else does. I mean, oh my goodness, this sounds just like, just like today, you know? It sounds just like today. And it sounds like so many Christians I know, you know? You, you sound like the world. You know, you're as fearful, as, as panicked, as, you know, uh, divided as the world, as, as, as if King Ahaz is your king, you know, and, and God is your king. As if Biden or Trump or the Democrats or the Republicans or anybody else has your future in their hands. God has your future in his hands. Don't be calling everything a conspiracy like everybody else does. Don't think like everybody else does, you know. I mean, all through scripture we're told, you know, don't conform to the ways of the world, but, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think like everybody else. You've got to learn to think differently. That You must. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He's the only one you should fear. The only one you should fear. And yet people are so fearful. You know, people sit there all day long watching news, you know, news channels and wringing their hands. I mean, haven't you understood yet? I mean, the news has got to keep you watching 24 hours a day. So they have to stir you up. Quit falling for it. You know, get out of the house. Turn off the television. Stop it. You know, stop acting like everybody else. Stop saying the same thing. Stop forwarding the same garbage on Facebook that everybody else forwards. Just stop. Stop. Don't think like everybody else. Don't be afraid. You know, we serve the Lord. It's all in his hands. You know, I mean, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, my future is all tied up in the Lord. It's not tied up in the next election. Come on, yours neither. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Uh, he is the one that should make you tremble, the Lord. He is the one who will keep you safe, you know? And, and last I checked, he ain't going to be on the ballot next time, you know, because he's not up for election. You know, he, he is the eternal king. Trust him. Trust him. He is the stone that makes people stumble. It's just really ironic because typically you think of God as the rock, my rock and my fortress, but God, the rock of security, has become the rock that's going to make people stumble. The people of Jerusalem, he's going to be a trap and a snare. I mean, it's the same thing with our nation. You know, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the scripture says, but oh my goodness, it, it, the other side of that is how cursed do you think the nation is that turns against the Lord? You know, we're in trouble. You know, God can't be our rock, our fortress, our security, man. But I'll tell you one thing, he's, he's gonna, we're going we're gonna to trip over him if you think you're going to run away, you know. Preserve the teaching of God and trust his instructions to those who follow me. I will wait for the Lord. I will put my hope in him. Y'all, that's good stuff. That's a word for you today. <laughs> Verse 18, I and the children of the Lord has given me serve as signs and warnings. I've, I've already talked about it. You know, he named them, you know, Shayur uh, Jashub, Marshallah, Hashbaz, Emmanuel. You know, these kids have names. And every time they call the roll at school, it's a whole sermon. Uh, but this is what Isaiah is saying, man. Me and my family, we don't live in a world like everybody else lives in the world. And we don't follow the news. And we don't trust in the politicians or the leaders. And we're not afraid of the next war. We're not afraid of the next election. You know, God's the only one we fear. You know, we're literally living in the world differently. 
Somebody else is going to say, hey, let's go to a fortune teller. Let's ask the mediums what we should do. And Isaiah says, why, why are you talking to the dead? Shouldn't you ask God for guidance? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, don't you pray? It's just amazing. Look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. Oh my goodness, y'all. I think this is a pretty good chapter. Now, honestly, scholars look at chapter eight and chapter seven as very difficult, hard to translate. And there are some, some passages here that are sort of hard to translate if you're looking at the Hebrew. But I think what's here is clear enough. Uh, and what's, what is clear uh, is, is more than enough to uh, make me not worry about what's not clear. I, I mean, we are not of this world. We are to be salt. We are to be light. We are to be a presence of peace, a presence of sanity, a presence of hope, faith, and love, you know? Quit thinking like the world. Stop being afraid like the world is afraid. Don't trust in the people of this world. Trust in the Lord. He's the only one to fear. I'm preaching, y'all. I'm preaching. I'll stop. Tomorrow, chapter 9, verses 1 to 21. Isaiah Chapter 9, verses 1 to 21. I'll see you in the morning, you all. Lord willing, for Tim with Tim. I love you guys. It's a beautiful day. Make it good, all right? Stay in the Word. I'll see you tomorrow.